Hello, welcome to episode two of It Depends. I am Matthew Sersley. I'm going to talk about something uh, formative for myself. It probably should actually be either episode zero or episode one, but here we are. So in 2001, I went through one of the most formative experiences of my life. It was a boating accident that occurred on August 25th. I was on a venture scouting activity. We were motorboating at a private lake. And other than motorboating, we were also doing water skiing and inner tubing. And inner tubing is something, I guess, that doesn't happen all over the country. Uh, in Texas, it usually refers to attaching an inner tube to the back of a motorboat and driving around a lake. And it's a whole lot of fun. You get a lot of the enjoyment of uh, water skiing without having to have the skill. So it's really, really fun for a lot of younger kids. I never really got the hang of water skiing, but I always enjoyed inner tubing. And you can get some pretty good G's, um, better than a lot of roller coasters, actually, with a good driver. I'm almost 18 years old. I am on this camp out with some friends at Private Lake that is uh, attached to the lake house of one of the scoutmasters. We have a great morning. We go back out for the afternoon, and it's my turn. And unlike the morning, there's a, a second boat in this lake, and it's a pretty small lake. This is a lake that was man-made, uh, like most in Texas, but unlike many of them, it, it was very small. There was really space for maybe about three or four motorboats to be driving around in this area, but not for three or four motorboats that were pulling someone, towing someone, etc. That takes a lot of room. You have to be a lot more careful driving around to make sure you don't hit someone. And that's where our problem began. I am in the inner tube. One of my scoutmasters, who uh, shall remain nameless because I've never felt any ill will towards him, was unfortunately paying a lot more attention to me behind the boat than paying attention to what was in front of the boat. I learned later that his son yelled for him to look out ahead. And apparently another motorboat had been pulling a water skier, and either the boat or the water skier was directly in front of the boat my scoutmaster was driving. And so he swerved the boat. And unfortunately, when you do that, you have to go out around people. So if you're going clockwise, uh, you need to go to the left around people, because if you go to the right, there's a decent chance the person you're towing will get swung out to the side and hit people you're trying to avoid. Well, unfortunately, we then got a little bit too close to the side of the lake. <laughs> if I'd been lucky, I would have just ended up you know, up on the ground somewhere, might not have even tipped over, would have been bumpy, or maybe would have gotten some scrapes and bruises or even a broken bone if I had fallen out of the tube. But that's unfortunately for me not what happened. Instead, I hit a wooden dock. I saw it coming. I, I had, in my mind, it seemed like about three to four seconds to decide, do I jump out of the tube, and maybe I miss it entirely, but maybe I hit my head, hit my back, versus the way I was being pulled, I was feet forward, and my back was in the inner tube. And I remember making the decision to stay in the tube, to realize my legs were probably going to be broken, but hopefully the way the impact would occur in the tube would protect my back and my head. And I was mostly right. I don't remember actually hitting the dock, which I'm quite thankful for. But afterwards, we kind of reconstructed that I hit my left leg and then my right leg. 
And then I kind of flipped up and hit shin on on the dock. And also at some point in there, my right arm or shoulder hit it. And we don't know exactly when that happened. But the next thing I remember is lying in the water, uh, not in the tube anymore, being in a lot of pain. Although, thankfully, the way memory works, all I remember is that I was in pain. And I remember people talking around me, somebody saying, get me out of the water, somebody else saying, don't get me out. My back was injured. They could do more damage. But there was an argument. There are waves. So it's not like I was exactly stable on the ground. But eventually, they got 911 on the phone. 911 said, leave him in the water. Uh, It's better than taking him out. Uh, And then kind of a comedy of errors began, a further comedy of errors in some ways. Um, It took, I think, 45 minutes to an hour for the ambulance to arrive. It should have taken about 20 minutes. But this was a private community. This was before Google Maps and cell phones. And um, there were absolutely no maps that were publicly accessible in this private area. And it was one of these subdivisions around a lake that was kind of intentionally hard to navigate. And so the ambulance had a hard time finding it. It actually found the lake three times before it found the part of the lake I was on. And you couldn't just drive around the lake. So they put me on the ambulance. I do remember the bumpy ride on the dirt roads out. I remember that hurting a lot, especially my left leg. And then as soon as they got me out of the wooded area, they stopped in a field and they moved me over to the helicopter to get me to the ER as soon as possible. And I was taken to what was at the time uh, Mother Frances Hospital in Tyler, Texas. I don't remember a whole lot after that for a while. I remember being in the ER. I remember somehow no one realized I had a broken jaw at the time. And so they asked me for my parents' contact information. And I actually managed to rattle out my father's cell phone. Uh, So I guess earlier I said there were no cell phones. There were cell phones, just they were just all dumb phones. But I managed to rattle off my father's cell phone, and it's good I knew his cell phone because my parents were actually in Colorado on vacation. My mom managed to fly back later that day. My dad couldn't get out till the next day, so I'm in there at the hospital as a 17-year-old, kind of going in and out of consciousness. I remember very, very, very few things before that night. I remember at some point they did x-rays, and this was a religious hospital, so uh, there were nuns there, and one of the nuns was uh, wearing her habit, but also then had on the radiation vest while she was trying to hold me still for an x-ray. And I remember finding that absolutely hilarious. And then I went to sleep, and I really don't remember much for several weeks. They did surgery the next day. It turned out that I had uh, two broken legs, my left femur and my right. Oh, I always forget, whichever the small bone is. And uh, my jaw was broken. So they fixed my left leg. My right leg, they actually didn't need to do anything to because of where the break was. And then they started on the jaw. And then I started having a bad reaction to the anesthetic, which is not uncommon when you've had a traumatic experience. But I had a really bad reaction in that my lungs stopped working. So they basically had to put me onto a ventilator for several weeks and put me into an induced coma while my lungs healed on their own. And with an induced coma, you never want to put somebody too deep because then they, they don't wake up. So they're always just trying to barely put you under, which means you do wake up on occasion. And that was a very, very bad couple of weeks for myself, and even worse, a uh, couple of weeks for my parents. There were lots of medical problems I had during that time that I don't remember. 
But eventually I did, uh, my lungs started working. And so they started taking me off the medication to keep me under. And so I woke up, oh, sometime around 7 a.m. on September 11th, 2001. Imagine you've been out of the world essentially two weeks. You wake up and the day you wake up is the biggest terrorist attack to ever hit America. And a lot of people were, have said since then, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you had to go through that. And what I've said is, man, I am so glad I woke up that day because if I had woken up the day after, that would have been worse. At least I got to, to be part of it, to see part of it. Even if I couldn't do anything, obviously, because I was in the hospital, it, I got to experience that thing that was so formative for other people my age and older. It actually screwed me a little bit because that was also the day they were going to transfer me from the ER or the ICU, I should say, over to a different rehabilitation hospital to help me start to work on walking again because I had some serious muscle atrophy. But they they weren't willing to put me onto an ambulance. It was too long of a drive, so they were going to care flight me on a helicopter. And because of September 11th, of course, all air traffic was grounded, and by the time the next day we could travel, I, uh, the, the seat had been taken by somebody else. And I did have somewhat of a miraculous recovery. There were multiple doctors who were telling my parents, you know, well, if he's pretty lucky, he'll be able to walk without a cane or crutches someday. And I, I only needed crutches basically for balance. Thankfully, the way they fixed my left leg, it was always weight bearing. And then I just needed to build up my muscle. And I really, I had some nerve damage. And so I had some serious balance issues for a while. But by December of that year, I was able to walk and I actually started playing racquetball again. I'm sure some of my doctors would not have appreciated it. I'm sure others were very excited that I recovered that well. Uh, we didn't know it then. We actually didn't discuss it for another 10 years, but I had also broken my right clavicle. We only discovered that when I was in another accident. We did an MRI and they saw the signs of the healed fracture. And basically, they could tell, well, it had to have happened after puberty. We don't know when it happened. It's like, well, there's only one time that really could have happened. So I guess I also broke my clavicle, which we never figured out because I was lying in bed for a couple of weeks. And so it just healed on its own. Um, I did miss over six weeks of school because of that. I barely graduated in time, although I, I was very smart, but never hard working in high school. So a part of me always considered the fact that I managed to even pass that semester. Helped me a lot when it came to college admissions. Basically, a bunch of schools probably said, well, he's a B student, but he stayed a B student after missing a third of the semester. He's probably pretty smart. Let's give him a chance. I have to honestly say part of why I'm an attorney did come out of the, this whole process. We did have to sue the driver of that boat, as well as Boy Scouts of America, to get my medical bills paid, to get compensation for my parents for having to miss so much work, for my pain and suffering that was not worth it. Uh, yes, I ended up with what a lot of people consider to be a lot of money. Trust me when I say it was not worth it. It made parts of my life easier because I have been able to avoid some debt, the college debt that other people had. But on the other hand, I have about $5,000 in medical bills every single year now. A lot of it dental, a lot of it due to other medical issues. So it wasn't exactly a great deal, not to mention having to almost die. But yeah, I, I had to file that lawsuit and I really disliked my attorney. I, I didn't think he did a good job of explaining my options to me, of explaining what was going on. I've since become an attorney, 
had some compassion for him because it's hard to, to tell all your clients what's going on all the time because so much of litigation is hurry up and wait. Something will happen and then nothing happens for two months because you're waiting for the next thing to happen. And that's very, very frustrating as a client, but that's just life as an attorney. I do owe that attorney a bit of an apology for that. If I had his contact information, I'd, I'd give it to him. Definitely, it inspired me wanting to help other people who were injured. So that's um, that was basically a year of my life. I turned 18 during the, all this happening, actually in the hospital. Uh, you ask anybody I went to high school with uh, who knew me, and they definitely remember hearing the news and hearing about what was going on with me. Uh, I was a bit of a, a local minor celebrity almost in some ways. Again, going through that, going through being in pain, being disabled temporarily, the fear of what was going to happen to me, the fear of my parents, it is a part of who I am. and It's a part of why I am the way I am. And I think it's a big part of why I want to improve the world because my mother has always said, there's a reason I didn't die. And that's because God wanted me to do something. And I, I do believe in God. I don't know if there's anything God wants me to do, but if there's something he wants me to do, I, I want to get it done. And I have an opportunity now that I almost didn't have because of what happened to me 22 years ago. So thanks for listening to me. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It depends. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. A review would be great. If you loved it, please uh, send it to a friend. If you hated it, please send it to an enemy. Goodbye.